Coming up this week on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, myself and LaShawn Daniels take a look at Iowa football, the running game, a new NIL, talked about a little bit yesterday. We go deeper from a former player's perspective, and we wrap things up next week. It's Big Ten Media Days, all coming up on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels, back with you. Another edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We're presented today by Bet Online. LaShawn, I'm a big gambler. Now, big as it pertains to volume. I love betting. I've been doing it for a long time. In fact, I started way back my freshman year at Mayflower. That's the dorm I lived in back in 1998. Uh, doing a little bit there. And for the last 24 years, I've been a gambler each and every day. Well, it's now legal in our state, which is a great thing and great opportunities out there, including Bet Online. LaShawn, have you dipped your toe in? You're in Illinois. You can gamble over there. Have you dipped your toe into the sports wagering world yet? Uh, no. The, the most <laughs> I have in that sports wagering world is just fancy football. Uh-huh. Um, nah, my, my friends are definitely into it, though, but I have, I just have not gotten into it. It's just See, something about losing money. That I'm just like, <laughs> Well, that's why you get good at it and you don't lose money. At least that's the theory behind it. I'm a small wager, though, and I'm the same kind of way. Now, when I didn't have much money and I I really was scary, I probably bet a little bit more than I should have. But anymore, I bet every single day. I bet baseball. I bet a ton of football, basketball. doesn't matter the sport. I've been known to dabble in a little golf wagering. Uh, It doesn't matter. There's always something every single day for me to fire at. But I play 10 bucks a game. You know, I, I just play it that way and, and make it a little easier. And if I go through a losing streak, look, it's not going to cost me a house payment. My mortgage is not going to be in trouble, anything like that. So that's the way that I do it. But a lot of different ways to get involved. You can go betonline.com and find out more information about our partner here with the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Well, want to talk to you a little bit today. Yesterday, I, I hit it just a little bit, LaShawn, and that was the new NIL collective. There was a press conference earlier uh, talking about that this week talking about the collective with Iowa Swarm and iowaswarm.com. I thought it was very interesting that all three coaches that are going to be involved with this, this is for football, men's and women's basketball, the head coaches were there. So the backing was there for this. When you first heard about NIL and became part of the sports landscape here in college athletics, where it was a year ago, compared to where we're kind of seeing a trend today, just your overview of NIL. Um. Honestly, I mean, it's definitely long overdue, like if we're being like completely honest. Yeah, there's probably needs to be some type of rules and some type of regulations kind of around it. But I'd much rather have it like this. Where, I mean, these guys have the opportunities to, you know, make money's off, money, money off their their own name. Right. So that honestly, honestly, a huge, huge fan of it, um, because, I mean, there's a lot of these people that kids that come from you know, all different types of backgrounds and, you know, not being able to honestly like make money while you're in school is probably, um, you know, not the most ideal situation for, for a lot of players. So it's, it's, I think it's an awesome opportunity that uh, the players now have that have now have that opportunity to do so. Yeah. It's something that has been a long time coming. I don't think there's any doubt about that and the anticipation of what it was going to be to compare to what it's really morphed into. And we see in places like Texas A&M, Texas, every offense alignment as they commit getting $50,000 right away and, and getting that kind of check. 
Now, Iowa, I don't think there's ever going to compete with that ridiculous level of things, the Lamborghinis for recruits and the quarterbacks, things like that. That's not going to be the Iowa, and certainly not the way that Kirk and company want to run the program and the way it works out. This is going to be a little bit different. There's going to be an opportunity, first of all, for every scholarship athlete that's going to get a check uh, from this each and every month, which it was just great. More money in the pocket for these student athletes. But then also the component for you know the guys that are the stars that are going to have more opportunities that are going to be available to them working with local businesses. So not just the charitable arm of it, but also the financial arm with the business community here. Now, looking through this and hearing a little bit more and, and learning more about what Iowa Swarm is, I think it makes a whole lot of sense and doing it I guess the right way, if you will. Not a surprise, though, coming from the University of Iowa, trying to do it. Win, graduate, do it right, or the mantra from Barda. You, you can see at least what they're trying to do here, and it seems like they are doing it the right way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, because obviously you're going to have your you're going to have your superstar athletes right on, on campus who are obviously going to have opportunity to make a lot more money than you know maybe guys who are towards the bottom of, of your roster. I mean, that's just. Uh, reality. That's just how it is. So creating something that honestly gives a lot of all the athletes kind of some equal opportunity, I think is, is really awesome uh, moving forward. So, so, so guys just don't, don't feel left out um, in a sense. If you were able to, I don't know, get a check for an extra thousand, 1200 bucks, something like that, not like changing money, but anything. But I mean, I, I think back and that was a long time ago, a lot longer back than when you were in college, but Thinking back of that, even for me, if it was an extra 500 bucks a month, just what that could have made, meant for you and, and just going through things, trying to get things figured out, boy, that would have been huge. It's got to be great for these guys now, even if it isn't that huge amount, just knowing, hey, you want to go out and you want to get dinner, you know, take your girlfriend out, do something like that, or, or go out and have a couple of beers. And you know what? I don't have to go and, and get the cheap pictures. I can get actually a really good beer. You know, those kind of things, those simple little things that just become so much easier just with, you know, an extra $1,000 a month in these guys' check. It's got to be a great thing for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, because um, when you think about a lot of times, uh, you know, like for scholarship guys, I mean, your stipend for whatever monthly basically just goes to, um, you know, your rent utilities and then, um, you know, whatever extra food that you can get. So, you know, having you know, those extra few dollars would have definitely come in handy, right? If you want to go, go out, have a little fun, or, you know, even just go out and get some new clothes, right? Instead of yeah. wearing, you know, I would branded stuff all the time, <laughs> right? So uh, that stuff, is, that that money is definitely going to be, be very helpful for a, bunch of these, for a bunch of these guys. And I'm happy to see um, them starting to implement something to, I guess, try to try to compete in this NIO landscape, because mm -hmm. obviously it's, it's going to be tough, right? As being in Iowa and not having, you know, the amount of crazy NIL deals and stories that you hear, you know, that come out from some of these other these other schools. Well, it's going to be a good thing. Certainly, iowaswarm.com is where you can go for more information on that. A lot of different tiers. You know, the, the baseline, the lowest level is $200 a year. So an ability to go out there, know that you're helping these guys out. And that's the other thing. You know, I write my check for my tickets or I donate to the iClub. And you wonder, ultimately, Where's that money going to? Is it to pay a salary? Is it to help somebody else out? Is it just going into the coffers of a bartering company? You don't exactly know where this money is going. With this, you know it's going to the student athlete. And I think that's going to make it a lot more palpable for a lot of these uh, people that want to donate. And it, the other part, though, that I do wonder is for people like me. You're not writing big checks by any means, but you're writing a check to the university each and every year. 
how much more difficult it is going to be for, for the university and the athletic department to get those checks and get those people that are willing to donate a couple hundred dollars, even the people that write a check for a couple thousand dollars a year. Well, suddenly if that money is going to, you know, a collective like Iowa Swarm, if that's suddenly how different that's going to be for the athletic department to try to get money. The good news is, well, they got $100 million a year coming in TV money. That, that's going to go a long way. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be, there's definitely going to be a lot of changes and a lot of, you know, adapt, adaptations that the athletic department is going to have to make. But I mean, I think, uh, you know, the university is going to have pretty much have that, have that covered. And obviously, we got these $100 million TV deals. I don't think money is going to be too big of an issue. Yeah, they're going to be all right, no doubt about it. Well, we're going to continue our conversation here. We're going to get into some Iowa football today. Want to go deeper into the run game with you, LaShawn. Uh, take a look at that zone blocking scheme. Maybe some changes that we've seen lately. It is not all zone blocking all the time. We saw that a year ago. Some more straight up blocking. What it's like to run behind the line and your thoughts on the new guys that are going to be taking over. We'll do that as we continue on here on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels with you as we continue on in a moment on the podcast. Mentioned gambling earlier today, betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews, news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. I love that golf. I got a couple of guys going this weekend uh, into the 3M Championship up in Minneapolis. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device, device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, LaShawn, as we talked about here, the collective and what's happening. We morph into our conversation about the Iowa running game. And this Iowa running game, certainly this season, it's going to look different. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's going to be a different look for the running backs, a new kind of running back back behind the offensive line. Starting with Tyler Goodson. Tyler, one of the more dynamic playmakers that we've seen for the Hawkeyes in recent history. But behind an offensive line that dealt with injuries a year ago, outside of Linderbaum, the other positions, both guard and offensive tackle, they had their struggles. The running game this year, though you don't have an All-American in Linderbaum, I think the offensive line has a chance to be a lot better this season. Zone blocking, you need five guys working together. Just take us a little bit deeper there. And when you looked at the guys blocking in front of you, just the importance of having that group together and the ability to practice together week in and week out. Yeah. Um, zone blocking scheme is definitely an interesting interesting uh, scheme. And you usually got to have some pretty – pretty mobile and pretty good offensive lineman to be able to run it, right? So you know that all five of those guys really have to be working together in unison um, for you to create the type of offense and create the positive plays that you're, that you're looking for, right? And um, no matter how good both Tylers were last year, right, two two players out of, the, you know, the, the, that um, really seven guys, right? You got five, nine linemen, a tight end, and then um, a running back. Uh, if, if all those guys aren't really working together, you're no matter how good you know a couple guys are, it's, it's not going to make a difference, right? Because um, everyone has to be working in sync, right? Um, each there's double teams that require guys to to block and get up to the second level, right? To make it easier for the running back to make reads, and then in zone blocking schemes, when there's pressure, 
um, you know, early on in the play, it very it really makes it very, very difficult um, for, you know, you to have success as a run game because it, it, its own blocks take, take a little bit of time to, to develop, right? It's not like, you know, a gap scheme where things are hitting like almost immediately. Um, zone schemes take a little, little bit of time, especially when you're trying to run stretch or outside zone type plays, which is really, you know, since um, Coach Harris has been in Iowa, really kind of been, you know, their, their bread and butter when it comes to the run game. So fast forward to this season, it's going to be interesting um, how the run game looks because I feel like um, even though we lose um, Tyler on the offensive line, I feel like bringing a lot of guys back that, Really, we're just starting to get their feet wet playing football last year at this level. Um, it's really going to make a huge difference in their development this year, right? I mean, they got a lot of reps last year. They, they, a lot of guys got a lot of playing time, so it should look much different. They should be much more comfortable out there and being able to to play off of each other. And then in the backfield, I feel like Tyler was a dynamic, dynamic running back, right? Could pretty much hit a home run from anywhere on the football field. Um, but in time, at times, I felt like you know, his running style didn't complement the offensive line, you know, as much as, you know, maybe these, the, the younger guys um, might have, right? Because, I mean, the, the guys that, we, that are really going to be taking the reins this year are a lot, um, you know, more type of downhill, um, you know, type running backs that are just really, it's just like stick their foot in, ground, foot in the ground and try to get, you know, four yards every single pop, right? They, they, these guys aren't necessarily looking for, for the for the home run, like, like Tyler was able to do last year. So I feel like this year there should be a little bit more complimentary play when it comes to, um, you know, the zone blocking scheme and, and, and the guys that we have in for, for this football year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and that's how I see it. And that's why I think this running game is going to be better. And, you know, the Iowa offense is never going to be known as a dynamic offense. It's not going to be considered, you know, a top flight offense. It's complimentary football. And Kirk talks about that a lot. And Brian Ferentz has talked about that, you know, playing complimentary football and, and also making it easier on your defense and not having them have to be out there on the field because you're going quick three and outs and those type of things. But for Iowa, you know, a year ago, how many times they were looking at a second and 12 compared to even a second and eight, where Tyler B out there, he's looking to make that cutback in the big play, and he gets hit for a two-yard loss. You played in this offense. You know what it is. Just the difference between a second and second and second and 12, where if I was second and 12, it feels like this drive's over. You're not coming back from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of times, like especially like when, when the offense is struggling, um, mm -hmm. like like when it comes to the pass game, like it's like you get second and 12, like you're, like you're behind the – behind the chains it's like well might as well just try to get what we can to get the uh punt team in a better position right i mean because i felt like we we kind of had this uh, similar thing um back in 2016 right i mean mm -hmm. there was a lot of times i mean we had guys that were out in the receiver position we had to find guys that step up you know cj was really really banged up and so we couldn't really pass the ball quite as well as we would have liked to so it was like any time that you know, it was a, a no gain or negative yards, negative yards play um, on first or second down. It just felt like, like, man, it's like this drive is practically over. <laughs> um, and we saw a lot of that, a lot of that last year, even no matter, even though that they still won, won 10 football games, right? Imagine how much different the football season would have been, right? If some of those plays that went for negative uh, minus two yards went for, you know, plus two or plus three, right? I mean, it would make a huge, huge difference. And it would have made it a lot easier on the offensive line as well as on the quarterback. So that's something I'm really going to be looking forward to this year, how much um, more improvement we can have in the run game, especially in the early downs. And obviously 
with um, Brian Ferentz, um looking to mix it up and, and play calling, right? Not trying to be as predictable. Um, this year, is, I think, is going to be something that will help uh, the offense and, you know, prevent them from fully being, you know, towards the bottom of the of the conference on offense. So we saw Gavin Williams along with LaShawn Williams last year in the bowl game against Kentucky. Both guys certainly had their moments. Uh, and also intrigued by the new running backs coming in, Caleb Johnson, just a big behemoth, the guy from Ohio. I'm sure you uh, saw that one and, and had your ears perk up a little bit when, when you're hearing about him. And then Jazz Patterson from down in Florida, a smaller guy, that quickness that adds a compliment to the running game here. You know, four different guys I'm sure that they feel really comfortable with. Also the kid from Des Moines North and Hilson. So they got five guys back there, an opportunity. It sounds like everybody's healthy. Everybody's going to go, go go for camp and and just those different elements. How important is it in this scheme also to have running backs that do have different styles that you do have maybe that long, quicker guy to go along with a behemoth, a big strong running back. How important is that in the zone scheme and having those different styles? Yeah, I, I honestly feel like feel like it helps helps a lot um, because I mean a lot of times and especially like if if you have backs that can play um, you know really all three downs. Uh, it really, really adds, um, you know, more difficulty to the defense, right? Because um, when you got guys that can interchangeably come in and out and can play all all phases of the offensive football game, um, it allows you to have fresh bodies in there. It prevents the defense from really kind of teeing off on, on you know, certain personnel and certain looks because, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And having the ability to have, you know, different guys that can come in and can provide a different spark and different, um, type of energy every single time that they're out there on the field, I feel like um, is, is huge for, for, for the offense, right? It just allows you to do a lot more different things. It forces the defense to, to think a little bit more and be on their heels um, because they know that, hey, it doesn't really matter what type, which back is in there. They're going to get a very, very similar result to the, to the guys that, that's already been in there. And a lot of the times, right, these guys can hit home runs from a lot of different places on the football field. So, having guys that can complement each other that can come in and, you know, run an inside zone or run a power play or can take a toss play or run a stretch or catch a screen and do all those different things. Um, really, really adds uh, a big, big, um, you know, wrinkle, wrinkle to, to your, to your offense and prevents defenses from, from just, you know, just teeing off. Right. I mean, a lot of times last year it felt like, um, you know, at times, you know, they were just able to tee off just because just because well, a lot of times we were like behind the change. Right. We weren't yeah. getting positive momentum offensively. But, you know, looking at this year, if we can get, you know, a lot of positive momentum in the run game. Right. And, you know, we can keep backs in and we can rotate backs in and still get very, very similar results. Because I felt like last year, you know, it was really kind of this, this Tyler or, or, or bust, honestly, yeah. for, for most of the year, which which I totally understand. Right. I mean, he was phenomenal running back. Um, but I feel like being able to keep guys rotating in, keep those guys fresh and keep them healthy, I think is going to be, be huge, huge for, for our offense and, and really um, keeping them keeping that train moving forward. Great stuff there. As we look at the Iowa running game, we'll continue to break things down here leading into August camp and, of course, get you ready for the opener against South Dakota State. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting this week, Lockdown is giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available starting uh, earlier this week, the Lockdown NFL Podcast Network is going to take you around the NFL. You can get that wherever you get podcasts and also 
on YouTube. So one final thing as we wrap things up here with LaShawn and myself, Trent Condon, and uh, Big Ten Media Days starting next week. Jack Campbell going to be there. Kayvon Merriweather, Sam Laporta uh, will be the three players that are in Indianapolis. It's going to be certainly a deeper look at this Iowa football team. But the biggest questions, I think, or about the conference as a whole. You know, I've been to these media days before. Kevin Warren's up there before it was Jim Delaney. And there might be a question or two that was interesting this year. Boy, there's so many questions from the TV contract and where they are. Obviously, the expansion with UC, USC and UCLA. What the future of the Rose Bowl is going to be. The college football playoff. This year, more than any, this is the most excited I've been for a media day and being able to hear what the commissioner says. Because normally, you know, for somebody like me, it's just going there, talking to the players, hearing from Kirk, those kind of things. I'm actually excited to hear from the commissioner this year. Yeah, I'm I, I'm very interested to hear, um, honestly, more what kind of went into their decision on, you know, acquiring, um, you know, USC and UCLA and, and really kind of what what does that look like, right, for the future of, of Big Ten football, right? Is it something that's just going to end up just becoming, you know, just a national conference, basically just making it like a huge mega conference or or what? So it'll be very, very interesting um, to hear kind of what what go, what go went into that decision. Um, what else? Who else are they possibly looking to add, right? Is, is that it? Um, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really really curious because like usually a lot of times I don't really like ever listen to the to the commissioner too much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I guess I guess like before like the COVID season, kind of try to get an idea mm-hmm. of like what was going to happen. But for the most part, yeah, I never really pay attention. So um, it's going to be interesting um, to hear what he has to say because uh, if if I'm being completely honest, I'm not the biggest fan of of the uh, conference realignment. Um, you know, obviously it would be nice to be in LA sometimes, right? And in, mm-hmm. in November, right, when it's cold in Iowa. But right. <laughs> um, for the most part, I mean, it's like I like I feel like it's just I guess just moving away from you know you know traditional college football where you have you know kind of rivalries kind of built in like with these conferences and things like that, and then you have the rivalries built into the bowl games, right? Like like what does the future of the Rose Bowl look like now, yeah. like and things like that. So so I'm gonna be very very interested in what he has to say. I'm right there with you. That's going to be a fun part of it. You know, we'll, there'll be plenty of questions. Laporta is going to be asked about the quarterback spot. You know, is, is it going to be Petrus? Is he going to be the guy? I think we all anticipate he's at least going to get the start here unless something crazy happens in August. And another part, uh, I thought this was interesting on my radio show earlier today. We were talking with Tom Cakert. I know you know Tom from your playing days from Hawkeye Report. He was there at all the press conferences, and he uh, he was talking about Kayvon Merriweather was down with that uh, trip of college players that went down to Selma, and uh, hearing a little bit more about that, you know, the social part of things and social justice, and and it sounded like it was quite the event. So Kayvon is such a great guy just to listen to. He's an incredibly a smart football player and just a great guy to to hear give the overall perspective of where he's coming from. So that'll be a cool angle coming from Kayvon and what he was able to do. I think him and Logan Lee were the two players that went down for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, anytime you can hear him talk, I think he does a phenomenal job and obviously he's a phenomenal leader um, for, the fo- for the football team. Obviously there's been a lot of changes, um, you know, throughout the Iowa football program really over the past, past few years. And um, obviously he's been very vocal, you know, about um, several different things and you know i feel like he's done a fantastic job of, of being a leader and then obviously taking part in these experiences and things like that is obviously um you know helping him grow even more so 
you know, anytime you get an opportunity to hear him talk or read, um, you know, things that he said, right, you always walk away like, man, like this is a really, really, really smart kid. Um, no matter, you know, what his future uh, football future looks like, right, he's, he's a guy that's definitely going to be, be all right. So um, definitely, definitely always give, give hats out, hats off to, to Kayvon for sure. Yeah, and uh, well, you played defensive back for Phil Parker. Probably going to have a pretty good chance of playing at the league. We've seen that yeah. year after year, uh, yeah. year after year. Hey, LaShawn, a lot of fun here today. Appreciate you joining me once again. I'm going to be on vacation starting Tuesday next week, so if the schedule allows, hopefully you and I can get together on Monday, get one more out before I depart for my vacation. And then when I get back, it'll be August, and we'll be all systems go a couple of times a week. We'll be <laughs> back at it here daily with the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, I'm in Iowa City getting ready to call the state uh, championship game in high school baseball here tonight with Johnston and Dowling on uh, KXNO, the radio station I work for. But I got a chance here. Well, I got to get out of my hotel room in the next 16 minutes. But before <laughs> that, uh, going to head downtown and check out Iowa City. So I'll give you a full recap on Monday. How about that? And I'll let you know <laughs> the changes downtown and how different it looks down there. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. Let me know because I'm going to have to make that that trip you know, in a few weeks here, I'm going to have to. So we'll be making that happen. No doubt. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. You can also know what your team is up against in the Big Ten with Lockdown Big Ten. Every day, Nate Dickinson and local experts on Lockdown take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown your second listen, Lockdown Big Ten. That'll do it for today. Thanks so much for everybody out there. Thanks to you, LaShawn. We will do it again next week. Thanks for joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast.